in this market, you really got to do business. If you do real estate, you really got to do real estate. If you do stocks, you really got to do stocks. If you do options, you really got to do options. If you do Turo, you really got to do Turo. That's where you're going to make your money is in the reality these days, not in the information. Yes, you should still have information, but it's just not what it used to be. And and the beauty of that is entrepreneurs go entrepreneur. So if you are an entrepreneur based off digital products, I feel sorry for you. But if you're an entrepreneur who happened to get into digital products, then the world is still available to you. Are we on the edge? Tweet talk, tweet talk, tweet talk, tweet talk. And begin. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Build wealth, own, invest, and close the wealth gap. It's time to break down these financial concepts with your hosts, Charles Oglesby and Raphael Husbands. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Yeah, we back. Yeah, man. And we streaming live on YouTube as we speak. And I'm getting, I'm doing all these two factor identifications, trying to get this posted on Twitter so people can see it live. People been asking for it, man. Not even like, I know. Just as recently, like as soon as they didn't get a drop that next week, they're like, bro, what is going on? (laughs) (laughs) My guy deal was blowing up my phone, like texting me, like, what what, was. I'm surprised he didn't do it sooner though. He he gave me like two weeks before you started blowing up my phone. Like, yo, what's going on? Yeah. But I mean it's been shout out to Dale Bombi. I can't even I'm not even sure how long it's been. How how long has it been, man? Nah, that's we did one in March, and that's the only time we did so far for twenty for the year. In March of this year. Yeah. yeah. That's wow. the only time. Yep. Wow. One of the reasons why I wanted to get back on this is because I've been noticing like some of the best podcasts are the podcasts where it's just like the same people. Like some of my favorite podcasts is not when they have a guest because like a lot of those guests. It's just cheesy. And. It's not good content anymore, like it used to be good content. And then I think that the market got so saturated with everybody trying to be somebody that now you just got people on there who was like, who is this dude? Like before you knew who the people were, it was Trump city buyers. It was Kendra. It was just people who were solid, who were doing it because they were doing it. Not because it was cool to say you were doing it and then become an influencer for doing it. And I think that was the distinction. And then it's like, I don't know. I don't know. So my favorite podcast are the podcast where you have people like uh like the ET podcast, the same four guests mm-hmm. on their every show. My favorite one of my probably my favorite podcast. Um or even when like Donnie and David get on a podcast and they're just talking. Yeah. Yes. I, I love it when I love it when it's just them too. And they, they always break down numbers and like it was so much better when it's just them too. Yeah. In my opinion. And so I was like, you know what? We can do the same thing. But now it's just us three. Say hi, Noah. Hi. Say welcome to the podcast. Hi. Say welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> Say it's Tweet Talk. Tweet Talk. It's lit. <coughs> tweet Talk. Hi. Let's go. We are your hosts, Raphael and Charles, and we are back. 
ready to set the second half of 2023 on fire. You know what we do here? We break down these financial tweets and talk about building black wealth. What's going on, Charles? What's new? Uh, Nolan is three feet tall now, right? Three feet tall. We just measured that yesterday. I need to order. I saw this really weird. We were touring model homes yesterday. And I saw this really cool, like, little thing on the wall. And it just, like, measures the height. And I was like, that's kind of cool. Because one of my things my wife was kind of against was um, putting something on, like, the wall. And actually, like, writing on the wall like people do. Mm -hmm. So we saw this. And it looked like just like an accent piece to the house. And he stood next to it. And I was like, he's three feet tall now. So other than that, man, we're just out here trying to grind. About to start a local service business. And it's going down. Trying to Start get, a what business? Try to get on my Hartzog stuff, a local service business. Oh, okay, okay. That's okay. my that's my next venture. Can be a lo- I want a business. The people don't even know who I am. I don't want it to be like uh, David. David. Uh, Dave Shans posted something about like the day of the influencer is done, and I think he's right. Nolan, mm. Nolan, you can do this later. Okay. And so I want to look, I want to, I want a business where there's no face to attach to it. And that's what I'm trying to build right now. I hear that, man, because that way you can get people's money that don't like you. People that don't like you could pay you and they don't even know it. Exactly. Like that's all, all high level business works, except for like the Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos. Once you get to a certain point, people are going to find out who you are, but there's a lot of businesses. People don't even know who the CEO is. Who is the CEO of Chick-fil-A? It used to be Dan Cathy. Now we don't know. Who is the, C- the CFO of In-N-Out? Nobody really knew until they published it. And I've been going to In-N-Out for years. I had no idea that it was just some white lady who inherited the fortune. Nolan, you're doing the most. And I told you that if you're in the city, you got to be quiet. Okay. In-N-Out? Mm. So never had that's In-N-Out. what I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be that guy. I'm trying to be the faceless, nameless billionaire. That's where Face, I'm at. Faceless, nameless. Sounds good to me, brother. Sounds good to me. In and out. I'm. I'm. I, you never had In and Out, huh? I never had In and Out, but I haven't heard good things. The few things I've heard. Everybody can appreciate quality, man. So I love In and Out. I've grew up on In and Out. My son loves In and Out. My wife does not like In and Out. But that don't mean it ain't amazing to me. <laughs> I enjoy In and Out. I don't need you to agree about whether In and Out is good for me to enjoy it. I enjoy it because I enjoy it. Went there last night. I go there every day if I could. You can eat your water burger and enjoy. I, I feel like that's one of the things with the culture that's very interesting is a lot of times people think that unless other people agree with it, then it's not good. Like, nah, it's just what I like. Right. I like fries that ain't covered in seasoning. Right. That people like what they like and you like what you like and go about your business, man. That's why there's always room for more than one. Always room for more than one. But be sure to follow us on Twitter, folks. Uh, You can follow myself on Twitter at WorkMoneyLife. Follow my guy Charles on Twitter at RealToddBillion because there's only one. And Charles, you got to tell the people about the Black Man Building Wealth Part 2. 
Black Men Building Wealth Co- Part 2 Conference is August 5th and August 6th. It's going down. It's the best, most impactful uh, wealth building conference for African-American men that I know of. Um, and the reason why we created it is because on this very podcast, Tasha Gattaste came on here and told me that I wasn't doing enough for black men. But you know what's funny is I want to say like the basis of that whole conversation was just how like you have these women who exist on top of a lot of things that they're given. And then you have men who aren't, but then you get these men and women meet inside of like the dating marketplace. And then women have all these expectations for the men who aren't giving anything. And I was like, well, you know what that is? It's because we don't get the certain opportunities and privileges that you've been given in terms of staying at home until you're 36, <laughs> getting all these extra benefits, all these things that just go to you for free. And the funny thing is, is she didn't deny it, but she didn't accept responsibility. She was like, well, what are you going to do then? So I was like, well, I'm going to create a black men conference. Damn it. So created right. conference it was about two, three years ago in the middle of the pandemic. I think it was like 2020 when it was going on. And uh, me and uh, Andre had attempted to do it again, maybe like last year. And but I don't think that the world was really ready for it. And so now we're like, you know what? It's perfect time to bring it back. Let's do it. Reach out to a lot of really key players. Um, so Ian Dunlap is going to be speaking, which is amazing. Um, Dr. Boyce Watkins is going to be speaking, which is amazing. Um, we got myself, we got Andre, we got uh, Henry Washington. We have a lot of really good, solid brothers that are going to be talking. Um, some that I haven't even listed. And you can find all the details for who's going to be speaking and who's going to be there on um, uh, blackmenwealth.com, www.blackmenwealth.com. You can find it all there. And it's going down. It's going to be a vibe. And no one needs to go party. If you go party. Going down. Get your tickets, folks. Somebody, somebody's asking a question. Randy's asking if you're going to have Chris Johnson again. Um, I haven't reached out. I could reach out. But, uh, yeah, I haven't reached out. Shout out to Demetrius in the building, man. Shout out to him. The brother is a winner and he's going to win. You know what's amazing is um, a lot of times I feel like I talk about marriage so much and I promote marriage. And I also, in a lot of ways, kind of uh, like trying to choose my words. I kind of like can kind of make it seem like certain things people go through after marriage are like not easy to come back from or not able to come back from. And I don't think that's true. Donald Trump got married multiple times. A lot of people like they become more successful once that first relationship doesn't work out. And so they use that fuel to grind and to build even higher. So um, without saying too much, I would just say that the next peak is going to be way higher than the first peak. I hear that. I hear that. And real quick, shout out to Demetrius. Like you said, I just saw his tweet the other day asking if we were finished or if he was done. That had me rolling. Um, but we're back. <laughs> we are back. We got to get him on the show, too. He was on the original uh, Millionaire Podcast way back in the day. And um, I don't think we ever got him on this podcast. We might have. We never did. I yeah. think I think. 
a couple of years. I think a while back, he, me and him talked like very briefly about him coming on. Like it wasn't really a big conversation, but that's where I originally know him from. He was on, he was on the Millionaire podcast. Okay, yeah, yeah he. I never did get him on here. I'll be scrolling. I'll be scrolling the timeline, and we we haven't done this in a long time. And I was like, I saw him tweet something, and then I saw um, the insurance guy. I forget his actual name. Brandon Thomas. Brandon Thomas tweet something, and then I might have seen oh, like I didn't um, see that. I might have seen who was it? Uh, Michelle tweet something, and I was like, man, I could bring these people on and just interview them. I was like, of course, I want Raphael to come on. But I was like, I'm over here thinking that I'm not part of Tweet Talk and I can't just have these conversations with these people. Shout out to Paris in the building. She's been killing it on TikTok. It was like a family reunion. It's a Tweet Talk family reunion around here, man. <laughs> Whoa, Paris millionaire. Like, it's so funny to see like the people sometimes that I think the, we were their first podcast. Like, I think we were Paris's first podcast. Uh, I think we were probably Dante's first podcast. Yeah, probably. I just saw, I saw Dante just pop up in a. I was on YouTube. I saw somebody talking about, oh, I'm going to talk to the millionaires and some millionaires in Atlanta. And the first person he talked to was Dante. I was like, oh, look at this. I'm like, man, that brother's come a long way, man. Shout out to Dante's Akram. <laughs> Did you see? I'm sure you saw it, man. The dude posted a, a a picture of a plate of food with his girl oh, yeah. hand him a plate of food. He didn't say nothing crazy, and that that tweet had like ten. By the time I saw it, it had ten million views. I'm like, damn! And they were telling him like, she don't love you. She she give you mad starch, or the the serving size is too too small. I'm like, man, we are focused on the wrong things, man. Hey. Right. It was crazy. There's so much positive to take from that because Dante's with his age and his status, he could be just a hoe if he wanted to. And so, like, to see that he's not is admirable. Like, he's not that old. I want to say it's like 24. Um, Maybe like maybe 25. Maybe. I don't even think he's that old. Right. And so to see that he's valuing like that in a relationship, given some of the mistakes he's made, like having a child young and all that stuff. I thought it was dope. Like I'm huge advocate of men finding that woman and rocking out with that woman. And to see that he was doing that, I thought that was fire. And I think that it also says a lot that we already kind of know about the culture, but I think it's like the culture says it's one thing and then it does it's it does a whole nother thing and so the culture will say like oh yeah empowerment community all that but then when you see somebody happy for themselves now so we got to tear you down fam and so on one hand it's like you kind of get in a position where you got to kind of hide your happiness and i think that i think that I, i think my my wife does that a lot because I feel, and I've always kind of thought this, like, if she's too happy, people are going to be mad that she's happy. And so she kind of has to, like, dumb things down or, like, play it down a little bit so that people will leave her alone and not try to, like, come for her. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think that ain't nothing wrong with that plate of food. It was a good-looking plate of food. 
but people gonna find a reason to hate on your goodness. I know. I was like, that looks amazing. He thought it was amazing. We thought it was amazing. Probably fifty percent of the comments thought the food was amazing, but you get another fifty percent who's like, ain't nobody bringing me a plate like that. So let me go ahead and hate on it. If you don't want to eat three starches, yeah. just don't eat the roll. You go to Olive Garden <laughs> and they bring you out bread and they bring you out pasta. And you're like, oh, Olive Garden trying to kill me. You're like, I love Olive Garden. Even though Olive Garden gets a lot of hate, but like right. it was a roll, man. Right. Brandy said he likes yeah, it. That's let, all that matters. People, right. Let people live. The funny thing is picture, there was nothing special about the picture and what he said was something like get your girl to make something like that. I, if if it wasn't for the 10 million views and all the quote retweets and them going after him, I would have just hit like and kept it moving. It wasn't anything that I would have thought to comment on or paid attention to for very long. But the way the people went in, it shows like a lot of people are hurt out here, man. A lot of people are hurt out here. Now, Charles, you had a tweet. Where you was- yeah, let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. You had a tweet where you said the hood needs grocery stores. But everybody wants to run a clothing business. That really like did numbers. But I think about every time I'm in like certain cities, if I'm in Detroit or like South LA or um, maybe parts of Atlanta. And I was like, man, not even just on like a grocery store tip, but on like a functional business tip. I was like, we're not doing none of that. We're just doing the trendy, sexy stuff. And I think that we have a culture that kind of values the trendy, sexy stuff. And I think that's it. It's it's evident in multiple facets of our community. But I just thought it was interesting that, like, you go online and you see the same businesses. Everybody's trying to sell so clothes, have up. a boutique, maybe even more. Like maybe even like makeup and lashes. And it's like, when are we going to do the key functions of society? I was thinking about this one day and it might sound crazy, but there's this video where there's that guy who was deep in the hole and he was like spraying the hole and there was roaches all over him. And I was like, I don't know if like we would do mm-hmm. any of that. So like there's certain systems in place that I don't think that we'd ever have if we didn't live in America. Like organized streets and freeways and utilities and all these crazy things that like we have in America that we take for granted because we're not willing to champion those boring things. Nobody wants to do the boring stuff. They want to be the sexy fly, flashy. This is my Brit business. This is my brand. I'm Gucci Louis Fendi. Instead of just being like, yeah, we have a clothing, we have a company that washes clothes. My my service business is going to be a mobile laundry company. And it's not sexy. You don't get rich being sexy. You get effed. <laughs> we leave that at that. Because it's funny. I think people are, the people that are doing it, they're not really blasting on social media. Or if they put it on social media, it's not going crazy. Like, for instance, um, the guy, I believe his name is Canard. His name Johnson or something. I forget his name. Um, met him through the Erica Will- Erica Williams. He d- he sells like truck tires, He's doing like millions of dollars every year. The guy is like twenty something, maybe like he's he's younger than thirty five, running a multi million dollar business selling truck tires. 
not the truck, not this. And, and now another point that I was making, even with the grocery store argument, I was like, you know, like what that opens up for people. Now you got farmers. Now you got manufacturers. Now you open up the whole supply chain to us. It's not just about the grocery store. It's about everything that goes behind the grocery store. And I thought that's what was kind of interesting is it's that boring, unsexy stuff that we got to fall in love with that pays billions. Yeah, man. Yeah, the people aren't. It's funny, like um, this one person that used to listen to the show, Coach Head, she's a basketball coach. I haven't talked to in a while, but she's a sister basketball coach for college. And she was trying to get like, you know, into like, she was trying to figure out what digital product she could do. We were talking and stuff. So she she put something out. I don't think it really hit that hard. But now I see now she went back to like her family business. Her family got a a plumbing business and she's deep into that now. And I see her put it down on social media and she seems like she's happy with it. Like She's just running her plumbing business. I'm going to say something that's very controversial, but I think digital products are dead. Um, at least low ticket digital products. I think if you go high ticket, there's some opportunity there, but I think low ticket is dead. And part of the reason is saturation. We overly saturated the market, which brings in competition for people who aren't as qualified, which then questions the credibility of what's being put out there. And so you have somebody who their only education in a space is the course that they took on that space. And then they like, oh, I got a course now too. And, mm-hmm. and so I think that in this market, you really got to do business. If you do real estate, you really got to do real estate. If you do stocks, you really got to do stocks. If you do options, you really got to do options. If you do Turo, you really got to do Turo. That's where you're going to make your money is in the reality these days, not in the information. Yes, you should still have information, but it's just not what it used to be. And, and the beauty of that is entrepreneurs go entrepreneur. So if you are an entrepreneur based off digital products, I feel sorry for you. But if you're an entrepreneur who happened to get into digital products, then the world is still available to you. And a lot of the people who were legit and solid are entrepreneurial despite we're not like just like, oh, digital products is where it's at. Like we was doing business in 2016, been doing this for seven years. It just so happened to fall into 2020, 2021. And so what does a true entrepreneur do? They pivot into whatever that true opportunity is we analyze the market we see what's out there it might not be e-com right now e-com was overinflated because the world shut down now the world's back open so you got to get back into the world but if he was really about that life he was already willing to be in the world in the first place rich dad poor dad isn't you build an e-com business it was you to build a business period and so i think Mm -hmm. that that's where we're at and that's where we're getting back to but i mean even for me I needed to find that motivation and that drive to do it and getting into back into an environment where I felt like I was stifled and kind of held down and not being good, giving good opportunities, but then also seeing somebody who owns the business living their best life. It made me kind of circle back and like, all right, I know what I need to do. And it's, it's both. It's not either, or it's not either job or business. It's not either business or job. It's both because that consistent, that stability does provide some value, but there's so much time in the day and in the week. And we're doing this on a Sunday, 
going to do it every Sunday and to continue to get this content back out there and continue to build that brand. Um, but that motivation doesn't come unless you get into an environment that sucks. <laughs> Which is crazy. I think as far as the whole, what you said, like digital products are dead, I think yes and no. I think it's more dead for like black folks, partly because everybody want to call everybody a scammer. Like even if just just off the fact if you got a course, people making fun of you just because you got a course and automatically calling you a, a scammer or degrading you just because you got a course before they even know what it's about or if it's any good or not. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think uh, we just need to t- move to like the next step, like step up the production, step up the, you know, curriculums, make it more professional and more like seamless, like module to module. It's like the time for shooting in one long two-hour video straight through that that time is dead you could do that in 2020 but you can't do that in 23 going into 24 and we gotta consolidate like like for instance Todd Capital got like maybe 10 15 courses but if you was somebody that just got one or two you might just want to consolidate with somebody else and like get on somebody else's platform build a big platform and put the stuff together man yep and rock yep. out yep. Yep, the collaboration is everything. Um, we got triple threat in here, so shout out to her. Um, I would I would say we got to talk about Tyler Perry buying BT and VH1. I don't know if you had that slotted in, <clears throat> but it has to be discussed because it's immediately relevant. <clears throat> and what's interesting is uh, I work in downtown LA and I'm right across the street from Staples, and so it's BT weekend out there. And BT weekend can get a little ratch, but it's cool to see people like flying <laughs> in. I can see people legit traveled in to come. You can always tell when somebody is from the area and they're or versus when they're visiting the area, their eyes are a little bit more wide open. They're more receptive to people communicating with them. But uh, what what's your thoughts on Tyler Perry buying BT? You know what? I didn't have that thing. I, I, I'm going to be much better prepared for the next episode. Now, as far as that goes, right off the top, without doing too much research, I would say it's a good thing. Um, I do not like his movies, honestly. I think is 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 time for him to like kind of like mature from like. Why are you still dressing in dresses? And the thing is, he he he. he he would do it in some movies that he didn't have to, like let that stuff go. Or whatever. I don't it doesn't matter what I feel about his movies. He could still keep making those movies. Just broaden it out, bring more writers in. Um, I think it's better that he he has it than it stayed where it was. I'll leave it at that. Um either him or I don't think there was a lot of people out there that would have be a better choice. Right. As long as as right. long as he puts the the right people in position in the right and I don't think I think he will because it's too large for him to run by himself. So I, I think it's a positive is a net positive. I didn't realize he had it VH one too, but I think him having B T is a is a positive for sure. For sure. And give me one second. I got it. Uh, maybe she found all right, he found her. All right, go ahead. 
Yeah, I think it's a positive, man. Having somebody black taking taking it back over, uh, even if even if you're doing it ratchet, at least do the ratchet right. I don't know, man. I rather I rather I rather black a black person be in charge, for sure. So I would say, firstly, I think that Tyler Perry is a huge inspiration to a lot of people. I think his story, if you look back on what he did to get there, how he got there. Um, the trials and tribulations he overcame to get to where he is now. I think it's inspiring. Um, sleeping in his car, putting up his last few dollars to to put on a show and then the show flopping. And then he found out that essentially if he were to partner with the local talent that was already like a superstar in that space and then bring him into his plays, then he could have a hit. People wrapped around the corner. And so the story of that is the story that I talk about. Is you got to launch something, you got to put it out there, you got to see what works, you got to take those L's and you got to fail and then tweak it, tweak it, tweak it, tweak it, and then find out what works. And then once you find out what works, you double down on it. And that's exactly what he did. Um, <clears throat> well, even before you got the stars, like he built it up before he started bringing in stars, he was bringing in local, like unknowns. Mm-hmm. He turned them into he turned them into stars. I mean, you can't really turn somebody into a star because this person is a star, they're not. But I remember I before he started doing movies, I actually saw this is the only play I ever saw in person. Like I, I first discovered him from the DVDs where he was recording his plays. Mm-hmm. So uh, the first one I saw was Angry Black Woman. I thought it was funny. It was cool. It was no, then I saw in person. Why did I get married? And he had Kelly Price in, in the like the lead role. And it was cool. And then the movie came out, and I was like, "Angry Black Woman." I was like, "That was trash." I was like, "That's trash compared to the play." Actually, yeah. like the the bootleg play to me was much better. But anyway, I like the fact that he came up like the, like you said. He is an inspiration, and he's also very he 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 brought people up with him. I mean, part of it was because he couldn't afford big stars, and it's cheaper to take no name people. Um, but he also that he created Idris Elba's career. Uh, yeah. Like, I think he put him in a lot. Of, wasn't it Idris Elba? He put in a lot of stuff. No. It was somebody. Um, but I know the girl from Baby Boy. I forget her name. But he also, he's very, he's very respectful of other people. Like, remember when Spike Lee said something about, about him, but he, he, he didn't play that game. Like, right. he shows respect to other black creatives and professionals out there yep. and you might not like some of the ratchet stuff he does but he, he he's always thinking about black people in a, in, a, in a good light the interesting thing about this conversation is i think it goes back to the dante's plate situation where you see him doing well and doing great things and what people do is they pick at it they're like oh well i don't like how you betrayed this and i don't like how you did this and it's like bruh He's a black man who created something and he's happy and other people like what he's doing. And I choose. I remember when we went to Vegas one time, it was me, um, my wife and another couple. We went to the movie theater and we went and we saw uh, a Tyler Perry movie. And I went with a friend who's no longer really a friend. He used to be a roommate. And he was just like super critical of Tyler Perry. And I hopped on the critical Tyler Perry train. And then when I started to kind of form my own opinion, I was like, actually, I kind of think what he's doing is dope. I've watched, we watch every single thing that Tyler Perry's ever produced. 
so many times that we kind of stop watching because we've watched it so many times. So what I think about what's cool about him is we won't have to just see Baby Boy on BET anymore because he has a whole bunch of other movies that he can put out that are great. But I think it's just interesting for people to criticize Tyler Perry and then bump Future or criticize Tyler Perry and bump Cardi B and all these girls who rap about their vagina. Because it, it, what it what it appears to me is that it's not a genuine criticism because if your criticism was, I want quality content that represents us well, you wouldn't be ripping a piece of plastic off your bag and making it go viral on Twitter off your face. And so I think sometimes criticism is dis, dis, is, is not genuine. We're criticizing success. We're not criticizing the actual content because if, and I think that's why successful people have a hard time even accepting the criticism because a lot of it doesn't come from a genuine place. It comes from a place of jealousy and hate. And so I think Tyler Perry, and I'm glad because I actually made the point before I was like, I think Tyler Perry should buy BT. If you do a search of my tweets, I probably said it like three years ago because I was watching BT plus and we were watching all his shows. I'm like, it'd be great if he just owned the network. He has so much content here. All this is already here. Let's just own the network. But what's interesting is BT has taken a large fall from grace. And I was talking to um, my barber who's Hispanic, but has a black wife. So it's kind of black. And uh, he was just talking about how like, it'd be cool if he brought it back to what it once was. And I was thinking about like, man, like what is BT now? Like, it seems like they bought it just to kind of take away all the quality stuff that it had in the first place. Like there's no, like a lot of these podcasts now just took the place of one Oh six and park and rap city. They're just interviewing the rappers and the entertainers now when that's what BT and one Oh six and park and all those used to do. Um, there's a lot of value that we should be getting that we're not getting because it's owned by someone who, probably doesn't want you to see the value in yourself in the first place. They just wanted to own it because of what it was. Sometimes people will buy your shit just to destroy your shit. Yeah. So I think that it's, I think it's good that he has it. I think it's going to be huge for his already huge, massive production studio. It's going to be a good thing. Yeah, and, and I think sometimes people, it, when they buy, <laughs> even, even if, uh, even if um, it doesn't end up being like this amazing super success, it could end up being like the Michael Jordan uh, Hornets deal, which is another black billionaire banter topic. We got a bunch of these loaded because we ain't been doing these that often, but Michael Jordan bought the team for like 200 million, sold it for 3 billion. People said he was taking an L. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Where's Casey selling for more later? Right, right. I think sometimes when others buy you stuff, they're just looking at it's just a money play. So is they look at whatever is making the most money and they just rock with that. They double down and triple down on it. So if music videos with half naked women are bringing in the cash, that's what they just show more of. Baby boy is bringing in the cash. They're gonna show that all the time. Even though disclaimer, I like baby boy. I <laughs> I uh, hate that movie, man. I haven't watched it in a long, I haven't watched it in a long time. <laughs> I like Baby Boy, man. I haven't watched it in a long time. But Charles, you said you're the Story tweet. About all entrepreneurship. Oh, you know what? You're going to talk more about that. I want to do like a whole sports episode about who's doing it big in business in, in sports. The next episode. Shout out to Joy Walker. 
that's a blast from the past. She just texted me like, wow, tweet talk is back. Anyhow. Crazy. Um, you had a, a tweet charge where you said all that chilling and vibing is going to hurt you later down the line when you come up against someone who spent all that time and money building. You see it all the time. It, it's like it, it looks and, and I'm, I'm talking from experience. For two and a half years, I was chilling and vibing and I was making progress. But I noticed other people were getting promotions and getting elevated. And I was like, dang, I'm kind of behind. But then I also started looking at like other people who are like taking trips and going to clubs and all that stuff. And I'm like, man, not only are you taking that time away and your focus away, but you're also taking that money away. And there's somebody out there who doesn't get satisfaction out of chilling and vibing and taking pointless trips to argue with people. And there's somebody out there who doesn't find value and spend a thousand dollars on a bottle that you could buy for a hundred bucks. And they're investing that money and they're investing that time. And you're going to meet up with them and they're going to be so far ahead of you. And you're going to be sitting there like, dang, why are they so far ahead? Because they took advantage of their spare time. They took advantage of their spare disposable income. And I said that in part to kind of challenge us. It's like, especially now where America isn't what it was in 2020, 2021. And it wasn't what it was during the Trump era. Like, it's really weird. It's a lot of inflation out there. And I don't feel like we need to be paying in, playing into this inflation stuff. Like, if you want to charge me double the cost for what something costs, I'm not paying for it. For some reason, we seem to understand that when it comes to buying a house, but we don't understand that when it comes to buying milk or when it comes to buying a suit. There are suits I used to pay 300 bucks for way back in the day or $600 now. So I'm not buying that. You can make the price what it needs to be. And that's how rich people move. Rich people aren't just paying the price because you say that's the price. Like, no, I've experienced that a lot with this house. It's like, this is what my budget is. This It's called a rehab budget. It's not a rehab mm-hmm. idea. Therefore, it has to fit inside of this rehab budget. And so I would just say that um, it was, like I say, I always tweet to myself. So I'm tweeting to myself. It's like, all right, I see them traveling and vibing and going to this country, going to that country. I'm going to put my head down for a year and grind it out. I'm going to put my head down for two years and grind it out and build. And when I do pop back up, you can do it bigger than they ever thought they could do. And so I think that you can't get caught up in in competing with losers. I saw a tweet that said that 80% of people are living paycheck to paycheck, but everybody look rich. And I was like, well, everybody's in credit card debt and everybody is paycheck to paycheck because they've maxed out their paycheck looking rich. You can, it's, it's a lot easier to look rich than it is to be rich. We've said that on here before. You don't need to be rich to buy a thousand dollar pair of sneakers. But if you have a thousand dollar pair of sneakers, people assume you're rich. Like, no, they spent their last thousand dollars on those sneakers to look rich. And this is something I had to get away from, even like in how I was raised. Like I was raised to always present yourself well, always look well. And I realized like you're telling me to go buy a new pair of slacks and you're telling me to buy a new pair of dress shoes. You're telling me to buy all these different things so I can look good. And after I do it, I ain't got no money in my pocket anymore. I was like, maybe I need to keep the money in my pocket and just take these slacks to the cleaner or polish these shoes or do something to just maintain what I have so I can grow what I'm getting. So let's find pleasure and contentment in the things that we already have instead of constantly chasing what's out there. And if you're constantly chasing, you're always going to be behind the ball. I was looking at 
an, an, another pair. Cause I have like these Gucci sneakers that are kind of dusty. And I was like, I need to wash these shoes. Then I was like, or oh, I could just buy a new pair. And so I went online and I was looking for like some sneakers. I didn't really see anything. And I went to Burberry and I saw some sneakers. And Burberry has these low top shoes that are kind of like uh, Chuck Taylor's that I like so much so that I bought two pairs of them. I bought one pair that just said Burberry on the side. I think uh, Xavier has them. And then I bought another pair that's like the same exact design. So I went back to look and they have that same exact shoe, but it's like a different kind of design a little bit. And they're like, if you were just chasing the Burberry shoe trend, they always going to have you buying new shoes because it's going to tweak it a little bit and say new shoe cop. And I was like, at a certain point, you need to clean what you got, man. They are great shoes, quality shoes, clean them shoes up. Um, even at the dry cleaners now, they actually clean shoes. And so I think that that's the point is contentment and knowing that it'll come. And when it comes, it's going to be huge. It's not going to be no credit card debt. It's not going to be no you checking your account every five minutes to make sure you can buy that drink, make sure you can go on that excursion. It's like whatever the price is, that's the price. Yeah, because that was going to be my next tweet. You said fight inflation, but keeping your money in your pocket. Rich people wait for the market to come to them. Now, we're not going to fight inflation with Joe Biden. We're going to fight inflation with our own discipline. If we got to do less, we got to eat less, we got to cook more, then so be it. But you can't just always be beholden to the system and what they're giving to you. So it's like, just like when they told it, when they told us to, go lean during COVID. And so some folks went lean and some folks went big when they expect you to go throwing all your money at their high prices. I'm gonna be like, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm going to wait for the price to come to me and I'm going to chill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're doing the opposite of everything they want us to do. Now, I think a big problem for black folks in particular is like, we got to show that we got to show we not, we got to show everybody we're not poor. Like, ain't so much about trying to look rich is like, I ain't poor. And like, it's like a form of power. I would say like, the less power you got, the more you got to show that you got power. You got to find some way to show you got power. And try to make th- make it look like things don't bother you and make it look like you're not effed up in the game. But you really are. And like, you ain't got to, you got to, you ain't got to, you ain't got to admit things. Just don't say nothing. Keep it pushing. Do what you need to do for you. Just keep it pushing. The, the funny thing is, I play golf with Dan. And Dan owns Hivemind. Hivemind is a million-dollar business. Um, They're doing crazy real estate deals. I th- think they just closed on a deal that made them like a half a million. And I was like, you could never tell looking at Dan. This dude pulls up in a van. Him and his family only got one car. And it's a van. And he just looks like a normal guy. He doesn't have fresh, flashy golf clubs. And I was like, this is crazy. I could take a lot from this. Because, like, you would never know. You'd walk right past him. And part of that is a good thing. Because when you flashy, you become a target. When you flashy, they want to put out your light, man. When you don't flash, they don't even know there's a light to be put out. And so that's one of the things I took from like the Jewish community. That's one of the things I took from working for Al, $200 million man. He wore a citizen eco drive. He wasn't in there with the Rolex. Why? Because when you, when you live in a world like we live in where everybody's like a savage dog though, that is like hungry, you don't want to come walking around with a meat suit on. 
and we walking around with a meat suit on and then folks start coming for you. And it's like, oh, man, like that was one of the things that I realized with the options community. It's like, I wish I could have hid the member count. If I could have hid the member count, people wouldn't have been counting my pockets. And the way Slack was set up, I just couldn't do it. But you log in right there, it says 5,000 members. People start doing the math real quick. You don't want people doing the math on your stuff. They're talking about Al Heyman. Al Heyman has been pulling the strings and boxing for a long time. He's probably a billionaire. He's literally never done an interview. All you ever see is uh, Leonard Ellerby. His like person in front of him. That's what, that's what I want to be now. And I think that that's the beauty of life is nothing's an L. So I've learned that I don't want to be an influencer. I don't want to be the face of anything. I want to be Al Heyman. I want to be the invisible guy who makes a lot of money and has other successful people in front of me. You know what the Lakers are going to do when LeBron retires? They're going to get another somebody else. The owner, Jeannie Buss, ain't about to suit up and go start trying to dunk on people. No. And that's why she gets to maintain billionaire status. Billionaires be invisible. Millionaires be very visible. Somebody, uh, I forgot... I wanted to mention when you were talking earlier about pretty much we were talking about needs based businesses. I was at a, like a tech networking event yesterday and they were letting people that has were had a startup or create, trying to create an app pitch the crowd um, what their what their business was, what's the problem they're trying to solve, how they were going to solve it, and what was their biggest need. Meaning, like, if there's somebody, I need like a software developer or an app developer or I need funding. And then if there's somebody in the crowd, you go to the back and you just start talking about it right there and there. And this one black girl, she got up and she was saying she was trying to create a service for providing people with court appropriate clothes. Like if you don't have a suit, you don't have a shirt and tie, she's going to make it accessible for somebody to get clothes that they could wear during their trial. Cause we know, they're not just judging you on your color of your skin, they're judging you on how you dress, too. So that's like a double whammy. So I thought that was really interesting. I don't know how if it's going to make money, if it's going to take off, but I thought it was a really interesting idea. And she's looking to fill a need, right. solve a real problem. And she's so. being creative. Because I, I respect people who are creative and not imitative. Just made that word up. It's very easy to say, oh, this person's doing this. I'm going to do this. And Paris just said she doesn't listen to podcasts anymore. And I can see why, because a lot of time what these podcasts do is they bring somebody on, they tout them up so that you can say, I want to do that too. And I think the reason why we like the, the podcast where it's just two people, two intelligent people having a conversation is it encourages you to think about what you can do in your own life without just merely imitating the person who's on there saying do what I did. So I, I listen to certain podcasts. I'm always listen to the ET podcast. I'm always watch pastor Mike Todd. Um, I'm always watch Dr. Boyce because they are thinking and they're putting out content that encourages me to think about my own situation as opposed to just saying, Oh, trucking is hot right now. Let me get into trucking. Not realizing you and 100,000 other people just watched that trucking conversation. And now the people who are in the trucking industry are just licking their chops. They're like, we're about to tax these fools. Everybody coming into this business, they don't know nothing. <laughs> <to tax them." laughs> 
the stuff that I think is the best is the stuff that pushes you to think and kind of like be more introspective so that then you can apply that to your own life and your own marriage and your own relationship and your own business and your own career. And so I would say that. Um, But again, I think it's great that she is saying, hey, here's a problem that needs to be solved and there doesn't already exist a solution for it or the one that exists can be improved upon. And I think that that is where we got to be. That's where we got to be. That's why when I said I'm starting a local service business, I was like, I don't want to do a local cleaning business. I don't. I love the hard songs in my peeps, but I was like, if I can pivot on it a little bit, they already have three, four years in the game. They ahead of us. I, I just want to, but I, I like the concept. And I was telling my wife, I was like, we're going to rewatch their course. Cause I actually, I bought their course. I have their course. I'm going to watch it, figure out all the things I need to set up and then get it popping and then create something for her. It's not going to be easy. Like watch people's clothes. is not fun, but being broke ain't fun either. And yeah. The reason why you have customers is because it's not fun. Like you got to enjoy doing the things people don't want to do. That's the best kind of business. That's a needs-based business. A needs-based business is I don't like cleaning toilets. Therefore, I'm going to pay somebody to do it. I like my I like my peace of mind more than I like cleaning toilets. That's the business I'm trying to be in. I want to be in that ugly stuff. That Because mm. the other stuff is glamorous. You get a lot of competition when it's glamorous. People to see you doing something that's not glamorous, be like, ah, I don't want to do that though. Like, yeah, right. Just let me. Yeah, you could talk about it. You could put it on social media. You could talk about it all you want. It's like, mm, no thanks. They ain't jacking my ugly stuff. It's like, no thanks, no thank you. I can't be cute. I can't brag about this to my friends. I can't post it on the gram. Nah, forget that. So we're gonna start wrapping this up. Let's let's hit them again with the the information for the black man. Building Wealth Conference. www.blackmanwealth.com. I'm about to get a shirt made. I can make my own shirts. I'm going to make my own shirt. It's going to say blackmanwealth.com because we got to really get heavy on the promo on that. Send one to Dre. Send one to you. Send one to Demetrius. Send one to, uh, you know, the brothers out here trying to build wealth and trying to actually be the solution. Um, Dr. Umar Johnson said it himself. He was like, men got to take responsibility for the change we want to see in the community. and I'm not against that. I've always been for that. I've always been a change agent, even since I was in college and high school, always been a change agent. So we're going to have doc, uh, Dr. Dr. Boyce Watkins, Ian Dunlap, and I'm going to reach out to Dr. Umar Johnson. It'd be great to get him on there. That'd be fire. The dude is just brilliant. You can agree with them or disagree with them, but you can't say he's not brilliant. You can't say he's not a thinker. You can't say he's not articulate. You can't say he's not educated and refined and his talking points aren't backed up with research and evidence. That's one thing you can't say about him. Um, great things are happening. We're going to Invest Fest. So if you guys are going to be in at Invest Fest, we'd love to see you. Going to get that booth, going to rock out. Still trying to figure out what we're going to do in terms of merch. I really want to do more of a collaborative effect and have like a mall of other people's stuff, not just my stuff. Um, so looking for that. If you have a brand that you want to get at Invest Fest, but you don't have the ability to get to Invest Fest and get a booth, hit me up. We're going to collaborate on something. It'll be fire. Um, but other than that, August 5th through 6th, you can register at www.blackmanwealth.com. The price is only 50 bucks right now, um, and we're going to cap that number of tickets. We're not going to just be selling into the abyss. It's probably going to be capped at like 100 to 200 tickets. So get it while I get it while you can. Um, we'd love to see you there. Um, women can come too. It's not just men only. Like 
We need women to be tapped in with the same message that these men men are getting. And that's no good for us to have um, men on one page and women on a whole different other page. So it's called the Black Men Building Wealth Conference because the general thrust is towards helping men. But we don't want to just isolate another part of the community. I think we do that too much where we're like, oh, this is for this group of people, not for you. So I want to make that clear. I want to make sure that people know that it's an overall wealth building conference, but the general thrust is towards men. Um, but it's for everybody. Get the information, take it back to your people. That's another thing too. Get the information, get the gems, take it back to your people. For sure. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tweet Talk Pod. That's P-O-D. Follow myself, Rafael, on Twitter at Work Money Life. Follow Charles on Twitter at Real Todd Billion. Follow us on Instagram at Tweet Talk Podcast and at Todd.Capital. That's two D's in the Todd, T-O-D-D dot capital. If you don't know how to spell capital, I don't know how to spell capital. I need to, I need to organize my background, but did you see what I did there? I got my bookshelf and I got my stuff, you know, but it's a little yeah, messy. I'm, like, I'm looking at it like, what the heck is that Todd Cap one? I've been wondering that the whole time. What oh. is that? I probably shouldn't have that there. It's the it's the the customized license plate. But ah. yeah. Uh and I also ah, that's got cool. an award in 2007 for Sigma of the Year, man. Y'all be thinking I y'all be thinking I just started grinding. Been grinding since grinding. This is 2007. You know what I was doing in 2007? We was putting on a financial literacy conference at college. Every year we would have a, um, I forget what we used to call it, but I'm pretty sure it was called like a financial workshop. And we would have our older frat brothers. One was a financial advisor and one was a mortgage lender. And they would come and talk to the kids about home ownership and stock market investing and retirement. And I did that every single year. We had an event called the Lyricist Lounge where we had like a rap battle and we would bring in local rappers and they would battle. It was probably one of the biggest things. We packed out that whole place. We were throwing parties. We were throwing conferences. We were going to conferences. Been doing this since 07 and actually before this, because I crossed in 05. Interestingly enough, I crossed in 2005. I became the vice president of my chapter that same year, but we crossed at the end of 2005. So like 2006 was like our first year. So 2006, I was the vice president. 2007, I became the president. I was the president of the chapter in 2008. And then I did that for two years. And then after that, I went on to become the MPHC president, which was essentially the president of the entire, uh, all the black Greek organizations on campus. Um, and then I kind of retired from Greek life to focus on my education. Ben. Yeah. And we're going to leave another, you guys. With, got another one too. Hey, you still going? This is, this is the MPHC leader of the year award. And this was in 2008, 2009. And then, of course, what's that? You know MPHC, what's that? Uh, MPHC is the National Panel and the Council, where I told you it was that's the council that governs all of the Black Greek organizations on campus. So just know we've been, we're still going, and we're going to make it pop even harder. Make it pop. Take us out, Raphael. All right. All right. All right. Like I said, follow us on all the socials at Tweet Talk Podcast, Tweet Talk Pod. You heard it already. Get your tickets for the Black Man Building Wealth Conference Part 2 at blackmanwealth.com. 
And we're going to leave you guys with one last tweet from Charles. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me get this so I can record it. I'm going to change this from I to we because I believe in this tweet too. Hold on, my, this thing be taking a long time now. All right. Get it together. So the tweet says, we believe in a world where men don't attack women and women don't attack men. Instead, we accept that we all got dealt shitty hands and we extend grace to each other and work to create a better future. Let's get it together, folks. All of us. That's today's episode of Tweet Talk, the Batwell Podcast. Peace.